Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers just like you. Every Monday, I chat about recently watched movies with my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. <laughs> and my close friend and movie insider, Protolexis. There's some serious face rubbing in this. You guys notice? Johan was really going for it with the face rubbing. Every month, we have a new theme that guides our featured presentation for that episode. And this time around, we're starting 70s month with a joint pick. Scenes from a Marriage from 1974. Was a three-hour foreign film about a crumbling marriage too much even for us? Or did the complex nature of human relationships keep us glued to the screen? Find out. Meow. Let me read a review to fire up the episode here. Oh, oh no. Everyone brace, brace themselves. You would expect some kind of iconic creature character design to come from Disney, but maybe those days are over. The marvelification of Disney animation. That's a negative review of the movie Strange World that uh, Proto Lexus, movie insider, left. You know what? I When I read the word Marvel. Marvelication. Is that how you said it? Marvelification. Marvelification of Disney movies. I was shaken to my core. Because I haven't seen this film yet, and I'm not really, and I don't really want to see it. Right. But now I'm scared to see it, because I don't want this to happen. I don't need the marvelification of Disney movies. You're you're a Disney animation booster. You're on the streets- You know, yes, I'm a speaking the praises. Teamster. Yeah. Mickey Mouse Club. Bread and butter. So, Proto, tell us about this movie. Uh, so, Strange World. Now, I would say watch it, Danny, because oh. you'll probably like it. And then you'll probably oh. have some snarky review. Like, <laughs> imagine not liking this movie. <laughs> and all will be well with the world. Um, I mean, it's, it's fine, but I guess... And I guess my point is maybe the like the days of it being over. Where I just with like a Disney movie, I guess I just kind of expect more from an animated movie mm-hmm. where like they're aiming to sell merchandise, so they would have some kind of memorable character um, that would just be iconic in some way. And I guess you know that's hard to pull off. Maybe like that's not what they're going for. Um, but also, I like watch this whole movie. I, I don't know any of the characters' names. Um, it's just like nothing really stayed with me. It looked, it looked good. Like Mm -hmm. the animation was good, but I didn't really love the design of anything. Like I wasn't really taken by anything. So it was kind of just very, an okay experience. Right. Is Disney finished? That's the real question. The question has to be asked of the movie insider. You you probably are hearing things from your industry contacts on the signal app, right? Your, your encrypted text 
private encrypted, chats. Encrypted, encoded, uh, decoded on my decoder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Disney is too big to fail. We know this. Ah, uh, yes. Too big to fail. Right. Um, companies this big never fail. It's impossible. It's never happened. It can't happen. It's not going to happen with Twitter. It, it didn't happen with Facebook. Facebook is doing better than ever Thriving. in VR. They're prospering. They're creating a whole nother world. That's how well mm-hmm. they are doing. Right. <laughs> uh, this episode, we are kicking off 70s month, as I probably mentioned in the intro. It's a good intro. Right. Thank you. We're going right to 1974. The great year, 1974. Scenes from a marriage. Ingmar Bergman. This Ooh. is the, I looked at my own letterbox. This is the first Ingmar movie I've ever watched. What? God yeah, I've never seen any Ingmar. No Persona? I never saw Persona. Seventh Seal? Seventh Seal. I know Proto watched it. And then the Seventh Seal, you know, famously homaged in The Last Action Hero, <laughs> which we loved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was my only conduit to Ingmar Bergman was Last Action Hero. So we'll be getting into that later in the show. What, what else should we discuss? I mean, the Christmas movies are coming in hot and heavy on your letterbox logs that I saw. Hot and heavy, Danny. Um, yeah, I watched, um, let's see. It's a Wonderful Life uh, because it's the, it's, it's gotta be the best Christmas movie ever made. Mm. So, yes, um, confirmed. I, I truly love that film. It's perfect. I'm glad that we watched it. Mm. I watched it for the first time with uh, us on the show. And it's just, it's a great, and I was thinking. Let it out. I'm honestly surprised that this, as good of a story that It's a Wonderful Life is, that it hasn't been remade. <sighs> like, just just a new version of it. I know it's maybe a little bit blasphemous, but like, you know, we, we joke, but give Greta Gerwig the script and oh let's get God. a, let's get Andrew Garfield as George Bailey or something, someone like that, oh. you know? I would really enjoy something like that. I'm just surprised that it hasn't been done. Right. What if they what if they swap the leads? Maybe Andrew is the house husband. Oh. And Swarza Ronan. No, no. Love a house husband. Is the lead going through that crisis. No, sir, sure. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just surprised it hasn't been redone. Right. What would, he, what would his job even be, you think? Keep it's it the same. Gonna, Keep the same bank? era. Oh, Does yeah. Does anyone even use a bank in this day and age? When was the last time you stepped foot in a bank, Proto? Uh, in a bank? In a physical bank. I did have, to, I went. Not a vestibule. I had to take a check. Um, I had to take a check to the bank, which I haven't done in, prob- I don't know, years, but I had to go the other week. So. Oh my God, check. Danny, when was the last time you stepped foot in a bank? I don't, I don't even know where our bank is. <laughs> I haven't been in a physical bank in more than a decade and I refuse to go into a bank. I hope I never have wow. to go into a bank. You, you can't drag me stand. into a bank. <laughs> you know, you got those, t- I mean, you respect everyone that works in a bank. But you got those people sitting behind those computers. What are those computers even doing half the day? They're sitting at these desks that are shared spaces. They see you walk in. You're a, you're a mark. They're playing solitaire. I know that for a fact. Facebook meta. <laughs> They're but, in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. We said Gosh. it before. It's prospering. This, this new world. Any other Christmas movies you want to highlight, Danny? Mm, um, not really. I mean, I watch a ton. Elf, Home Alone, Grinch, Rudolph, Lampoons. <sighs> I did watch Top Gun Maverick for the sixth time this year. Um, 
another banger. Uh-huh. <laughs> was this, was this on the Paramount? How did you I watch did. it? I did. I streamed it on Paramount Plus. Looked great. Oh, gosh. Killer. Tom. Did you watch the nine-minute making of stunt that he put out for oh, Dead Reckoning? Oh, yes. I got that in front of Avatar. Oh, I didn't know that. I got an IMAX, baby. Mm. But yes, very excited about Dead Reckoning. I think they went a little overboard with the amount of jumps that he did. They say like he did 10,000 jumps or something. What? Like tra- Well, training, he's did, he did like 1,000 jumps. So many jumps. Is that but really necessary? He's got a train. <clears throat> he's got a jump. Is that an electric train? Uh, an electric us. train. An electric <laughs> plane? The amount of gas they burn for him to... To do it's a fraction jumps. of the gas that they burn in Epcot every week. For us, for a, a, a nah, never mind. <laughs> I'm trying pulling to be, the, pulling the cord uh, on that know, one. I actually, I do have an announcement. Okay, I, oh. I wanted, to, I wanted to make this. Um, this is a personal announcement oh, for 2023. <laughs> um, I wanted to introduce the beginning of this year, Protolexus 2.0. Oh, <laughs> really? I'm yeah, listening. This is, this is happening. Um, you know, it was, we started Protolexus 0, then we are Protolexus 1, 1.2, 1.2.1. Okay. This year, 2023, things are really changing for me, I think. And it's going to be Protolexus 2.0, a whole new Protolexus. I want to have a more positive outlook oh, on gosh. things. Hmm. You know, I want to look more on the bright side of things. Uh, as a movie insider, you know, I think we should be shedding light on, uh, the future of movies and not casting shadows as much. Oh, and wow. so that's the future. Prolux is 2.0 coming in January, 2023. Uh, you'll hear more, uh, more news about this on our Instagram. Half star ratings. <laughs> oh no. my God. What Let's if? Let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You heard it here first. Stay tuned. I mean, 70s month already having yeah. earth shattering ramifications on the show. Right. What else will happen? What else? Let's say hello to some new patrons that joined this week. Connor, Nathan, Zanim, Aaron, and Nasser. All joined this past week, got access to the VHS Village Discord. Discounts on Danny's Beautiful Prints. By the way, the art for this episode, you kidding me? Thank you. Top tier. Also, the second, we're recording both episodes tonight. We're also recording Jean Dielman, and I saw the art for that. Wow. Thank you. So anywho, they got access to nearly 40 episodes in the 70 millimeter vault, which uh, you can also access on Spotify and Apple if you so choose. Frodo, any other movies you want to highlight? Jump out at you? Um, hmm. My Girl 2. Did you watch My Girl 2? I did. Yeah, so... What's happening? Jenna Loves My Girl, the, of course, famous movie from uh, many years ago, uh, starring Macaulay Culkin. And um, what's her name? Ch- Chums Ch- Chlumsky. Excuse me. It's Eli- is it Eli- Elizabeth Anna Chlumsky. Uh, she returns in My Girl 2 as well <laughs> with Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in a ton of this movie, but she has a basketball underneath her shirt for the scenes that she is in. Because really? she's very pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had it on um, HBO. Uh, Max. Not, I think it was on Disney Plus. We watched it. Oh. I actually wait. Was this the one where I had to? I had to step away. <laughs> yeah. So I actually had to. This is a. This has been a complicated week for me. All right. 
Yeah, you've been, tra- you've been doing for, a lot of traveling. Yeah, we were away for a couple of days. So they Jenna put this on with the kids. They were watching this. And I started, you know, just found myself scrolling on my phone somehow with my girl too on. Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, you know, maybe if you have to finish a movie, you should go do that. So I was like, all right. So I went, finished um, Scenes of a Marriage and came back. Um and that was, I don't know, I don't know why I'm, why I'm going through all this, but that was my experience. Uh, my Girl 2. Does uh, anyone die in My Girl 2? Not that I know of. Mm. No, but she learns a lot about herself uh, and her family That's and her key. history. If you're, if you're interested in the history of Anna Chumsley's character <laughs> in My Girl, uh, check out My Girl 2. Wow. What a pitch for My Girl 2. Does someone I, die in the first one? You've never seen my girl, Danny. Danny, please. <laughs> no, enough. Everyone, everyone, be calm. Everyone, remain calm. Nobody make a comment. We will give away a year of Letterbox Pro, though. In that moment of silence, uh, every week we give out a free year of Letterbox Pro. If I remember, disclaimer: I'm a Letterbox employee. We got a tweet this week asking a question. Not to be basic, but I think Knives Out and Glass Onion episodes are necessary soon. Eyes emoji. That comes from Lindsay. So you just want a free year of Letterboxd Pro. Congrats. Danny, when will Congrats, we do Knives Andy. Out and Glass Onion episodes? I would love a whodunit month. Oh. And that would be a blast. We could do Clue. Oh. Just have a lot of fun. <laughs> oh. That's it. That's what, those are all the- <laughs> Just we'll do Clue and Knives <laughs> Out. Clue and that's the end of the <laughs> month. Glass Onion. And we'll do um, the Knives Out movies. I can't think of other whodunits, but- um, I love Knives Out. I haven't seen Glass Onion net yet. And so um, that would be a fun month. I honestly think it'd be a lot of fun. All right. What's that movie with Christopher Reeve that you asked me to watch? Oh, with the sweaters. They wore those Death sweaters. Trap. Mm. Death on the Nile? We're, we're cooking with something here, I think. We're cooking with something. I did watch Glass Onion. I liked it. It's good. I know you did. I yeah. liked it. Not as good as the first, but I feel like it's pretty hard to match that the sensation right the sensation we all felt watching uh, the original knives out i also watched it's a wonderful life amazing rewatch did you watch black and white version of course we watched never, the color, never watched the color version. version i would never do that it looks fine yeah it looks um it's like you're in high school when you get like and like in our photography class in high school, we would take like um, black and white photos and color on top of them with color pencil and like old, like Kim Anderson style photography. Uh-huh. That's what it kind of felt like a couple of times. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's, that sounds fun. Going to ask, that's not going to make me watch it in color next time, <laughs> but we need to get into our movie. I think scenes from a marriage, three and a half hour film. We could have a three and a half hour discussion about this movie. I don't know if we will. Scenes from Marriage, Ingmar Bergman, the legend of which I've only seen one film. So take that <laughs> as what you will. Prada, what's this movie about? At the beginning, Johan and Marianne are a happily married couple. They understand each other's needs and desires, are honest about how they feel. Then suddenly their idyllic relationship is shattered when Johan claims to have fallen in love with someone else and cuts himself off from Marianne and their children. As the years roll on and divorce looms ever closer, they make attempts to reconcile unsuccessfully, but seem incapable of letting go of each other completely. Finally, 
their marriage of 20 years. Uh, and I forgot to finish the synopsis. <laughs> that scene from a marriage. <laughs> Just weeks away from Proto 2.0. We are weeks away. Everyone, hold on. Get the kinks out. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out for them. That's the end of that synopsis, That's really. Thank I mean, you. or does it from a point of view? Oh. You know? Right? 1974. It's based on, uh, well, not based on, it's from a TV miniseries that's six hours long that was cut up. Six episodes. Six episodes, 15 minutes long, um, and turned into a theatrical version. So that's the version we watched. That's on HBO Max and Criterion. I believe the TV version is also available. It's on Criterion as well. It's on Criterion, six hours worth, if folks want to give that a shot. So the theatrical is at 4.3 on Letterboxd, and I knew of this movie just in like passing, like, oh, this is one of those movies, you know, artsy fartsy, probably mm-hmm. is what I would have called it years ago. Danny, what have you, you heard you of this? I'm, <laughs> we'll get, we're about to get into that. We'll find out in, in a few minutes. What about you, Danny? Had you known about this movie and the prestige around it? Not the prestige around it, but I did know about it when I started really getting into Ingmar's work, maybe like a year or two ago when I watched Persona for the first time. Uh, and then we watched Seven Seal, and then my favorite of his is Autumn Sonata. Oh, um, so I knew Scenes of Marriage existed as something I wanted to watch eventually. Um, maybe I, at the time I saw the run times for either the theatrical or the miniseries, so I just figured, no, thank you. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I really knew about it. Liv is in that one too. I think Liv might be in. Liv a is in- oh, Lynn is in a lot of his movies. Yeah. My God, oh yeah, holy cow. Proto, what about you? Uh, I definitely remember seeing the poster for this movie. I think it's kind of iconic of them sitting on the bed. Um, I actually did start watching the new scenes from a marriage. I think that was on HBO starring mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain. Um, but I only watched, I think, like two or three episodes. It was just, at the time, it just felt like far too depressing. Mm. Uh, but it is interesting how similar they are in terms of the character. There seems to, from what I remember, there was some, some changes. Um, I kind of, I would kind of like to see how it's different now. I would, I kind of want to watch it just to to know, but I don't know if I will. There was talk in the pre-show. So for those that don't listen or are members of our discord, Danny does a little pre-show for about 30 minutes. It's not recorded with folks in live chat. There was a discussion about Oscar Isaac's hog appearing in that miniseries. I think I can say hog. I think you can say hog. Dale in this, Dale's agreeing. I can say it. He's He's giving thumbs up on hog. Yeah, he loves it. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica Chastain is in it. I love Jessica Chastain, so maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, All right, so in this segment, we jot three notes down. Each host will go roundtable until we exhaust most of them, and then we'll give our letterbox rating and honorable mentions. Um, Let's start with Proto. What do you have first? The, so there's some there's things in this marriage where you see a few different relationships and uh, or marriages that are in uh, different levels of of um, turmoil. But I was just really uh, struck by the idea of having of how um, uh, Marianne's character really gets blindsided by Johan mm-hmm. when when she when he tells her that he fell in love with someone else. And 
that was like really, that was like a pretty scary thing seeing just how it unfolds because there's a lot that you can do in a relationship to, I think, protect against, you know, preserving it and, and guarding against it. But this idea that someone, a stranger could come along in, into your spouse's life and they could like fall in love with somebody in a way that they've never been before. And then just think like, I'm done. This is actually like true love that I've never experienced before. I'm sorry, but I have to leave you. Um, that, to me, that was like probably the the scariest, rawest thing of this movie because you can't, I just don't think, I don't know if there's anything you can do to kind of like defend or protect against that. Mm-hmm. That entire conversation was nuts, especially, I mean, the long shot of her like listening to him explain how he's in love with this other woman. And then on top of that, talking about how lovely her his her breasts are. They both, <laughs> they both they showed the photo. This is her. Yes, lovely breasts. Yeah, she does have lovely breasts. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said that out loud about anyone, <laughs> let alone both a husband and wife agreeing about a mistress. But yeah, that that scene is nuts. Um, there was a little bit. The one thing I caught of like right away is, in that front that led into that conversation is when they're doing that like interview for the paper, mm-hmm. when they're sitting on the chair having the discussion. The one thing I caught was she didn't laugh at the joke where he said he was like a good lover or his his joke about being a lover. I can't remember if he mm-hmm. said he's a bad yeah. one or a good one. And she like looks at him and doesn't laugh. And I was like, oh boy, it's over. <laughs> it's, you're finished <laughs> in that moment. Like her reaction, no emotion was the most telling thing uh, in that. Plus you also get that scene with them and their friends at dinner. Oh my gosh. Ahead of what an awkward scene. As well. Danny, what'd you think about that that meeting where he finally revealed it? Um, it's weird because it's almost expected at this point in the film that someone is going to either leave the other for someone else. I mean, I think I assumed that it was going to be Johan, however you say his name, but it was weird to watch her reaction to him. Cause I would expect, I think what I expect would be yelling, hitting, ang- like more anger, but to watch, uh, her I don't know. It was almost like a weird, calm Uh demeanor, but also if, I mean, it's either that or like she's in full shock Mm -hmm. um, and not really knowing how to respond in the moment. And I don't know. It was, honestly, that's probably the best scene in the entire thing is that kind of moment of reaction from them or her to him. And it's just, it was, it was weird. It was not what I expected a reaction of, you know, someone telling their spouse they had an aff- they're having an affair, and I'm leaving tomorrow for Paris with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see her almost run the gamut of the varying, like shock or grief, like where mm-hmm. she's almost like accepting, and maybe I can kind of make this work. I can, I can win you back. Like there, right. you can see her hit like five different levels of finding out that someone is leaving you in that span of like that entire scene, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, her pleading for him not to leave. And him just like, his calmness too was weird. Like just changing and then asking about the dry cleaning for his suit. And then just getting a book off the shelf just to casually lay in bed to read after I've just told my wife I'm leaving her. It was such an odd way. I don't know. It was just not at all what I expected. Yeah, I kind of wondered if it was like a cultural thing because Mm -hmm. it, it did seem so odd. And and maybe that's just from 
what we've seen in media before about right. like something like this, where it's like it ends with a fight, a screaming, like a marriage story, more like where they're just yelling at right. each other, and one of them slams the door and leaves. Whereas this, there was, I mean, there was like, there's a, a really depth to the complexity of their relationship, even their understanding of one another, where almost they got mad at each other, but it was almost like they would never, never fully say like, I'm done with you. Like there was something that was like keeping them together and like keeping them calm and having an understanding ab about each other, almost to a fault, where it was like, all right, you're doing this like hard thing to me, but I still care about you and want the best for you. There was even, I mean, there was a few lines that he had. There's nothing to keep me here. I've never loved my children. That was the one thing that I found mm -hmm. so strange. Like the total separation of him and the kids. I mean, really the whole movie, There's they don't show the kids. Right. But even his like disinterest in his own children at this point, which I guess is, not I guess, but I guess that is true in some of these situations where someone leaves and they just totally separate themselves from the kids entirely. And they yeah. never see their father again, right? And those are the, the stories you hear about kids and the deadbeat dads. He says something also that is just brutal. Uh, or maybe it was later in the movies. Like, I've wanted to leave you for years or something like that. Oh, yeah. I've wanted oh, to be yeah. rid of you for years. I wrote like, Jesus, what an yeah. animal. <laughs> Seriously. God. Yeah. So my first point is like the journey of the marriage itself and their relationship. Like I was absolutely floored with their journey over 10 years um, because the, the movie takes place, you know, it shows various scenes that take place over the course of a decade. And, you know, at various points they meet up again to like hang out. They're still married. So they almost have like an affair in their own marriage you could mm -hmm. say, because he's still with the other woman. I can't remember her name. Paula. Paula. And they meet occasionally to talk about like how that's going. How, how are you doing? And she has this like crazy line about how she finally started seeing a psychiatrist and then ended up having sex with the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Like, can we put that guy in prison? Like, what, what psychiatrist <laughs> is doing this? My God. Uh, again, Sweden, something in the air in Sweden. Um, <laughs> Next meetup. Are we going to Sweden? <laughs> but the part of their relationship that stayed intact, I was like bewildered and fascinated. Like the idea of a journey of two people who go through many things in a marriage and then still find each other over the years. Like I was, I, wasn't, I don't want to say smitten with that, but I was so intrigued by that because, I, you know, we've been all been married for a long time and we've hit peaks and valleys, but this is like a peak and a valley that it was almost like beyond like almost my comprehension because uh -huh. they, they have that scene later where they go to his office and she brings the divorce papers and they, I think they have sex and then he gets violent. Like he gets drunk and starts hitting her. Oh my God. And yeah. then, which was brutal. I love the way that it was shot. Like you couldn't see her at all. You almost just saw him like doing the movements. And then he signs the divorce papers. And then I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. But then after that, a year later, whatever, how much time has passed, they're meeting up again. Yeah. And they like can't separate the bond that they have. And they're mm. so happy to see each other. They spent, they go back to the cottage after all those years and that journey between two people who have love for each other, I was just so fascinated by that. I'd never seen it before in a movie. 
Yeah, it feels more of like the relationship you would say you have with your family, like your parents or a sibling or a child, where it's like, well, no matter what this person does to me or anyone else, like I still love them and they're my, still my family. So I, I'm kind of stuck with them. Um, that's what it kind of felt like, but it's like with a spouse who mm-hmm. at one point you didn't even know wasn't in, you know, in your life and who's hurt you significantly. Um, but then you're choosing to stay intertwined. Yeah. There, there's like such a level of like depth and complexity to what their, their relationship is and, and how they could even define it. And I, I love that where they kind of say that at the end, um, I think, I think it's Marianne who says like time has given us a third partner experience Mm. We're almost like their, their relationship is like three people. And like, there's this thing of like the experience that they have together that you can't really quantify that has like shaped how they see each other. And like, they're kind of almost like past the point of not being hurt, but by like not allowing it to like separate them because all the things they go through in this movie, I mean, uh, there's a quite a few times where they can call it quits on each other. Yeah. The other, the other part where she even like, whether at the cottage at the end, she's even like remarking how much he's grown or changed because at the end he essentially realizes like, I never should have done this, you know, but, but he has like some poignant comments that he reveals to her and she talks about how much they've grown. And like one thought that I had was I'm I'm, in general, watching this movie, like what is my marriage going to be like in 10 years, 20 years, how different are we going to be? And I wondered if they would have changed at all if they stayed married, like if they would have stayed together. Mm. Like if if maybe he came, went into Paris and came back a month later, what 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 kind of people would they be? That's just kind of like the deep existential questions I was thinking about when watching. Mm. Danny, what's your first point? <clears throat> My first point is um, what I love about Ingmar. And it's it's definitely highlighted the most in this film is how well he crafts his movies with very few people. Um, Autumn Sonata is the same way. So is Persona. You just have two, maybe three casts, but it's so heavily focused on the two of them with an incredible dialogue and story, and it's shot really well. It's it's really impressive to to at this point in my cinema watching career to have now seen three of his films or four, excuse me. And to be like, this is a staple of how good Ingmar is. And in and, and this type of style, like we can watch a Spielberg or a Hitchcock or, and say, this was Hitchcockian or something. Someone's doing this. But when I watched like this, it really solidified on how good Ingmar is at these really close personal relationship stories, telling them, well, if not for three hours or however, six hours miniseries, but like it's, imp- it just really is impressive. And it's, it almost seems really hard to do what he does in, in his, in his filmography like this, instead of having a ton of characters, a lot of things to distract you with, you have two very specific people in this movie that you're focused on the entire time uh, and following a very depressing and hard to watch story Uh and it's just done so well. I'm just I'm I'm impressed by his filmography. I mean, there's so much text in this. So like, much text. There's no there's no being on your phone during this movie. Well, it's not. Po- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can, but I don't. You'll miss probably you know 300 you know lines right, between at the, the end two of this, actors. You know how to speak Swedish. 
I am <laughs> fluent in Swedish after watching this movie. I won't use it on the show. Offline, Please. I will. Thank you. I love how, uh, at least it seemed this way, that the tra- translation from mother and father is mama and papa. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> mama to papa. Like yelling at each other. Yeah, I am uh-huh. moving up some Ingmar movies up my watch list. For sure. I would love for you to watch Autumn Sonata. I added it to my upcoming watch list. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, Persona's oh. amazing too, but yeah. Persona looked more like more experimental. Is that true? Or my yeah, imagination? I mean, sh- yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of sh- shocked by how how uh, ahead of its time it felt when I watched Persona a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Proto number two. So something I I noticed, I wonder if you guys notice this as well. Like, uh, I think there, like, there's, there's like a, like an underlying theme of like the idea of like a marriage and like it being a contract and, a, you know, there's like a legality to it. And there seemed to be almost like this mirroring effect that happened in the beginning of the movie versus uh, what happened at the end. It was kind of, it was basically the reverse where they, um, they started with like a conversation and then I think it was like when he first was like trying to like initiate having sex with her and then they, they got into a fight and, and, and didn't have it. But then at the, you know, and that's like when they're in the the depths of their marriage, but then at the end when they're kind of like free and they're like that scene where they're trying to sign the contract of divorce, it was almost like a complete flip where like they had like this freedom to kind of do whatever they want. And they felt like then they were like um, um, infatuated with each other again. Mm-hmm. And they uh, like they went to have like they were like, yeah, they like loved each other and like they wanted to have sex right there on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it just like it just felt like it was like this com- this complete opposite. And I, and I was like trying to like draw the connection between like, you know, I guess just when, you know, you're you're what it means like when you're in a marriage versus like when you have the, the freedom of choice. Um, I don't know. Like that was just like the, the thought I had watching those two scenes. Cause they seemed very specific in the, the way like that they, they mirrored each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a bunch of mirroring that I, I mean, the very last scene is almost like the very last scene. It's either the scene in his office or right after that, where he's like begging her to come back. Or begging her that for him to come back, which was the complete opposite when when he finally left and she was like beside mm-hmm. herself, so everything just came pretty much full circle for Johan. You dope. Um, the aspects of their relationship, I I could probably just read a book on Ingmar. I think it, this is based on his relationship with Liv, right? Like they were uh, loosely Liv based and on then their loosely relationship based on his parents. Oh, his parents. His parents, and then yes, his relationship with oh. Liv. Okay. This will dovetail into my second point, which was, I guess, really the writing, but also like the little scenes. There's a line where one of them says affection shouldn't be kept just for vacations, which I thought was one of the most mind-blowing lines I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> my God. I, I'm like reevaluating everything after watching this. <laughs> oh my. I'm taking, I'm honestly taking notes. When she's reading her diary to him. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Probably the most important moment in the history of their relationship up to that point, and then it quickly pans to him sleeping. <laughs> oh my God, I can't I mean, believe it. Who hasn't had that happen? I started, cr- <laughs> I started cracking up. My God, 
Um, let's see. There's some other, there's some other lines. You can, I think there's, I, I wish I had written the line before that, but I think Johan says, you can say anything about anyone and it fits in some respect. That one floored me too. Um, I, and just in general, the juxtaposition of like what I would call fantasy in real life, like a real life marriage and fantasy, like there are so many men that have this idea that you can leave and it's like the grass is greener on the other side. Like he thinks everything's going to be like, I'm in love. I'm finally in love. The love right. that I've wanted. And he thinks he can have that. He's going to leave his kind of like boring life. And this shows kind of in many aspects, like this, this isn't how the real world works. My friend, mm -hmm. you can't just leave and expect everything to be rosy. Um, also, at various points, I wish they would have just both went to get counseling, like marriage counseling. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at step the end, one. <laughs> step, step <laughs> one, both of you agree to go to counseling and separately as well. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I, I'm like thinking to myself, that would have saved them 10 years, you know, but I, I always come back to the end of this movie where what is the desired end result? Like maybe are they happy where they ended up? Really? Or would they have been happier together and fighting mm -hmm. through this? So many, so many scenes like that just left me curious. And it's really just like the complexity of the human relationship. Like I almost wrote a snarky review that this was like my human condition. This <laughs> this movie like was. Like I got more emotional complexity out of this than the two human condition movies that I saw. And mainly that's just my taste in film, I guess. But that's my second point. Yeah, there was a line. I I don't I, I don't know who said it. One of them, but they said we have learned math, math mathematical formulas by heart, but we haven't been taught a thing about our souls. Mm. Um, <laughs> like how that true that it like because they're both very well learned. Yeah. Um, but like we all go to school and we learn things, but there's no like there's no instructions on like how to have a relationship, um, at all, unless, you know, it's all extracurricular. Mm -hmm. uh, and like the, like you're saying, like the depth of the complexity of our relationship of, I mean, we barely know ourselves of like why right. we choose what we do. Like, how are we going to understand someone else who we're living with? Mm -hmm. I mean, he had what, thousand books behind him? Easily. He didn't have marriage 101 <laughs> in any of those books. Marriage soup for the soul. <laughs> Marriage for dummies. But most, most people, I guess most people don't have that book in their library and it leads to issues. Danny, what's your second point? My second point is I brought it up with Casey when we were done watching and she doesn't agree with me, but I would have preferred um, watching the six hour mini series to this three hour mm. theatrical because I feel like I would have liked time to break up this story because so much is happening uh that's that's heavy and and like I said before depressing like there's so much going on so much dialogue and I, I needed breaks because this is this is just three hours straight of of this you know story going mm -hmm. through 10 years of their marriage breaking up and affairs and stuff in in abuse and so it's like for me I don't like the three hour version of this I, I kind of wish I had seen um, the six the six episode miniseries I don't mm. think this works for me well as a theatrical oh do we what are do we know or maybe someone in chat know what the breaks are 
in the miniseries? Like, are other characters coming and going to kind of like separate? Yeah, I don't you even know what's been taken out of it for the for the three hours because it's longer to watch it six episodes. Johan bakes a cake. <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't. I, for me, it doesn't it doesn't work because it's exhausting. Mm. Not boring, exhausting. There's just so much to keep up with, and it being a foreign film as well. Yeah, I'm curious to learn more about the mini, the the OG miniseries as well. But I mean, six hours. I know. Can someone point me to a YouTube. But, the, but that's the thing. Like you can watch scenes? one at a time. You don't have to just back true, to back to true. back at fifty minute romps. I mean, I'm in season twelve of Murder She Wrote. I might right, not have exactly. time you for. Have time. I might not have time for scenes from marriage miniseries. How many more seasons of murder? I have no idea. I feel like I'm seeing actors that I recognize, young ones. I'm feeling like, what time frame is this? Jessica, please. Prado, when are you going to watch the six-hour version? Um, It's probably not going to (laughs) happen. He didn't finish the synopsis. He's not going to finish the six-hour version. I'm kind of curious, too. Um, Yeah, like what's in there? I wonder if there are other characters. Like is Paula Mm -hmm. in there? Or is it just really... Right, more you know, just right. them. Yeah, another three hours, which I don't know if I can read for another three hours. Right. It's a lot. Yeah, I thought Paula was not his like lab assistant, right? Or was she that character that appeared in that one random scene that is the only random scene in the movie? Oh, is that Paula? I have no idea. That could have. Does anyone been Paula. know if that was Paula? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But there was a scene, like, I thought that that might have been, oh, is this the love interest that he leaves right, yeah. for? Or is this too. the one that breaks up the marriage? Um, But he had sent, maybe that, that scene wasn't there because he points out that he let her read some of his writing, right? But he never let Marianne read it. Right. Pardon? Final third point? Uh, my final third point, I guess just that, I mean, what a a cretin that Johan is <laughs> in this yeah. uh, man, total scumbag really by the end of this, like just, just awful. I, I really dislike the character, but I, I think that's, that's um, having a character like that in this is, is more compelling and complex than just having like, kind of like two partners who are pretty even, evenly matched, I think in like the harm that they they've done to each other, because I feel like this is more, maybe like more real to life. Uh, and it's also, it's m- that much more compelling that she has, she's still in love with this guy mm-hmm. and wants him in her life. Like that, that scene, that, that final scene where they go to the the cottage house together and she's just like swooning over him. I'm like, like Marianne, he was like drunk and beating you yeah. like a, mm-hmm. a, like a week ago or, or however long ago that was. Um, so that just like, I think that just like shows how, but like, it just shows like how there's just like a complexity to the, to human relationship. That's hard for, um, that there's much more to it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like, that's not an easy thing to convey. And like you guys have, like we've been saying this whole episode, just like the fact that Bergman could really do that in a movie like this, um, and the way that he has is, is really, really amazing. How about his A? When he dropped trout. A cheeks. His A cheeks hanging out. The Swedish A cheeks. Yeah. Bergman does it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final point. We actually hit all of my big ones. Um, I guess we could point out that scene at the front with the friends, the dinner party. Oh my god. Oh, I love that scene. How That's about an incredible that? Scene. That 
couple crumbling <clears throat> in front of them. Yes. And there was one cool moment where I saw like Johan like just make eyes to her like across the room like <laughs> are you saying that? This is not good. How do we get out of here? That guy was sweating his ass off. That one dude. <laughs> oh my god. He needed yeah. a tissue or something or a handkerchief. <laughs> now Danny what's your final point? I'll come back around to me. Um, I think my final point would be I think Liv and Erland are incre- I think they're incredible in this. I think to what they had to do and pull off in 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 this movie is 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 just they're great actors. This was it just feels like a feat to have to perform these kind of um stories. Mm-hmm. Like even watching Protobrup, like a marriage story, like Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, like that stuff just seems hard to do. And then watching them do it in this just feels like they did a great job at it. I mean, he pulls off being a scumbag really well and it shows and she, she does a great job as well. I just think their performances are really good. Yeah. I was about to bring it up. Uh, Robert brings it up. Sarah band from 2003 by Ingmar's the sequel to this. Oh gosh. Where they reprise their characters. Um, they, uh, the synopsis says they haven't seen each other for 32 years. Oh my gosh. But they come back. They revisit. Um, I think that's pretty fascinating. It's at a 3.7 on Letterboxd, so your mileage may vary. Um, Proto, final thoughts? Rating? Scenes for marriage? Uh, final thoughts? Uh, when Marianne is on the, on the phone with the friends and then they tell her that they knew all along. Oh, man. Whew, that was brutal. Um... There's some serious face rubbing in this. Just notice. <laughs> no. Jimmy Stewart level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even more than Jimmy. Oh. Johan was really going for it with the face rubbing. Um, Actually, even with the hands, right? Or are you talking about the hands? Because I think I saw some like just groping of a face several times. Uh, yeah. I found some of the, the, some of the affection in this was a little, a little weird. Uh, like, Almost like they felt uncomfortable as actors really getting oh, into okay. it. Like right. so I, I don't know if it was that or maybe it's a Swedish thing. Who can say? <laughs> um you know, I I really enjoyed this and I, I think it's like the the script is incredible. I really did struggle though with it being foreign and having to read because you are you are literally reading for three hours. Mm-hmm. Um and I was just I was tired. By the end of this, I wish I could just like yeah, I, blink. I, <laughs> I just wanted to blink. Um, I thought this would be amazing to see in a theater, like a, oh. a played out, like as a play. This would yes. probably be incredible. Yeah, like that would be so cool. Um, so I, yeah, I'm kind of on on the edge between like three and four stars with this because I just like I think it's I think it's like a four star movie, but like watching it, it felt like a three star experience of just. Having to read so much. I know this sounds probably so lame, but that's kind of how I felt. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll put it at four stars because I think wow. it really is an incredible, like, mm. uh, written story. All our new, like, foreign movie audience coming in, mm-hmm. hearing Proto being so exhausted from having to read a <laughs> subtitled movie, they're, they're checking out. They're unfollowing right now. Um, let's see. How about their property? That little cottage? Man. That looked great. Oh, yeah. Love that thing. Um, her agreeing. That I think Volvo? That, 
Oh, yeah. Give me that station yeah, wagon. Yeah, yeah. My God. The suspension on that Volvo? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the shot of her listening, the... He, yeah, I'm the veil of tears scene where he barely even talks about the kids. Just so bewildering. The spouses, their spouses are abroad and they're back again. My 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 one sentence after writing that, what is marriage? Hmm. I was just, just so, such complex um, thoughts portrayed by this movie. It's just fascinating. Just the, pa- the passage of time with relationship is just really what I hung up on. I had a line like that in my in my notes too at one point where I just said, why do people even want to spend time with one person in particular? I felt like this whole movie was making me like question like, why? Like, wait, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, she remarks that she's changed over the years. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching this. I didn't have a problem with the subtitles. It's three and a half hours of legit reading, but I'm glad to have finally checked this off my list. So I'm at four and a half stars. Oh more scenes for marriage. It's a difficult watch. Johan is a douche. Mm. But seeing the progression of, of people changing over the years, I, I was really just glued to the screen for the for the whole thing. Yeah, I um I struggled with it. It was it was long and exhausting and I don't enjoy depressing marriage stories. I think it's, it's just hard to, it's hard. It's just not an enjoyable time and to do it for three hours straight. um, Also didn't enjoy as well, as well. I mean, as much as I love Ingmar and I think he's uh, incredible and I, there's, there's a lot that I liked about it. I'm probably still sitting at three stars for this. Oh, wow. Wow. I have not seen Marriage Story. I had no desire to see it when it came out. But does that go over the course of years or is it like one year or something? I don't enjoy it. I don't, I wouldn't even, I don't really remember, but I remember just having the same kind of feeling as I felt ending this. Just, it's just, Hmm. it's heavy, like heavy, heavy. I mean, Adam and and Scarlett are amazing in it, but it's just, it's, you got to be in the right mood for a movie like that. Yeah, I have no desire to watch that. Filth. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we're kicking off 70s month. And last week, I announced my pick. Um, and we're technically we're recording it tonight. Jean Dielman is our next movie. We do have a letter, I think, to get to before we officially sign off. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, this comes from Andy. You can shoot us a letter using the links on 70mmpod.com. Uh, Andrew says, it's time, 70 mm. I'm packing my bags and setting off on a path to the VHS village. If I take one more step, I'll be the furthest away from home I've ever been. <laughs> so here's my question. If I support through Patreon, can I access the Vault TM episodes on Apple Podcasts where I normally listen? I notice the ability to subscribe directly from the podcast app, but it looks like that's purely for the bonus episodes and not necessarily the VHS village. If not, that's okay. Just curious. Thanks for bringing so much joy to us listeners. It's become my favorite movie podcast, perhaps my favorite podcast in general, too. Oh, my. The Fire Rises. Uh, and I, Andy left a sign-off that is in Slovenian, cheer, uh, in Slovenian, so I won't try to attempt to read it, but it means to your health. That comes from Andy. Thank you, Andy. Yes. Thank you, Andy. Andy, you can listen in the Apple Podcast if you're a Patreon sub. We give you a little secret URL you can plop right in the podcast app. And you can enjoy your VHS Village access via Patreon. So 
Thank you, Andrew. All right. So next week, Jean Dielman, three and a half hours, another foreign <sighs> film. What have uh, we done to start off it. this month, 70s month? People are probably thinking, oh, yeah, we're getting some action cop movies. Gritty New York. <laughs> How about Gritty Marriage? Gritty, gritty Widows. Marriage. Living Life. We have to break in Proto 2.0. Proto's, I'm, I'm excited for tires. Proto's pick. G- after Jean Dielman, we're, <laughs> we're getting Proto's pick. Mm-hmm. Huff it up. How gritty do you think it's going to be? How well, dirty? There's grit. Grime. There's a lot we of have denim. To get some grit in here. There's some <laughs> denim and grit. <laughs> also, next episode, we will be going through our... Is, is everyone sitting down? Oh, my Mackenzie gosh. in our Discord put together this poll. Top 100 films of all time. VHS Village. In honor of the Sight and Sound poll. So members of our Discord are sharing their letterbox list or their lists of, of, in their opinion, the 10 best films ever made. And Mackenzie will present our own VHS Village Top 100. So next week, we will present some of our picks from our own personal lists. Mm. Proto, do you think you're going to shock anybody next episode when you reveal some of what you think are the best films ever made? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty standard by the book. Mm-hmm. Some picks here. I mean, I've got great movies on this list. Great, great movies. <laughs> Might not be the movies that everyone else has, but I, I think you, you can't argue with some of these movies. Lawrence of Arabia. Is that on your list? Save it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is scenes from a marriage 70s month off and running slowly, maybe in some people's opinions. Uh, Proto, any closing thoughts this week? Any closing thoughts for our scenes from a marriage? Uh, Proto Lexus 2.0, what would he say in this moment? <laughs> he's been traveling a lot, folks. He's been mm-hmm. traveling. He's been hitting the road. Literally just I'm got sorry. out of the car. Listen, it's going to... Uh, 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 things are changing in 2023. It's going to be a great year. Okay, you just said Big that plans. with your eyes closed. Crawling across the finish line for this year. We'll see everybody next week for Jean Dielman. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and Viger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me. Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, 
you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Ooh.